0: I break down my goals into really, really ridiculously small achievements that I can tick off in one hour a day when I was side hustling. So I would just focus on that one thing for that one hour a day so that I wouldn't beat myself up because you notice that you start to get more done when you're just focusing on one task per day for just one hour a day. And now that has served me well as a full-time entrepreneur.
1: You're listening to the Influencer Podcast. We are at episode 133 today with the lovely Nakelia Matthews-Akome, who is an online marketer and side hustler turned full-time podcaster and entrepreneur. In 2016, she created the Side Hustle Pro Podcast, which you've probably heard of because it is massively popular and amazing. Side Hustle Pro is the first and only podcast to spotlight bold, beautiful women of color entrepreneurs who have scaled from side hustle to profitable businesses. Since that launch, it has been named one of the most perfect entrepreneurship podcasts by Mashable and it's earned close to 2 million downloads. She is passionate about helping other multi-passionate side hustlers find their voice and launched the Podcast Moguls Accelerator Program to do just that. I cannot wait for you guys to To hear today's episode, you can grab a free transcript of today's episode at juliesolomon.net/slash 133. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times best-selling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Nakhela, it is so good to have you here today. It is so good to be here. Oh, I just feel like we are about to dive into some good, good stuff. Oh, yes. Going to be so amazing, especially for those listening who have the idea of wanting to start a podcast. Maybe they want to learn the ins and outs of what it takes to not only create one from a technical side, but really grow it and market it and build community around it. Because you know how to do that, my friend. I mean, you have Side Hustle Pro, which is phenomenal. It is always sitting up there nice. And pretty on the charts. I know that you have built such an incredible community, and you have an incredible story. So I would love to kind of dive into a little bit of that um, from your background of 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 kind of where you came from, your zone of genius, and then why podcasting.
0: Sure. I mean, where do I begin? Right. It's. I feel that looking back, you know, so much of who I am now is based on my experiences from even the time that I was a little girl. But just to try to make a long story kind of short, um, I, growing up, I always knew that I liked writing, I liked storytelling, and I didn't know what that would look like as a career, but I explore different interests. So in college, I studied communications at the University of Pennsylvania. And from there, I graduated and went to work for MTV Networks. And I was really trying to find my footing. I tried out PR. I tried out. After that, I ended up leaving because I realized that that PR was not my thing. And I ultimately landed in social media marketing, working for a startup. Now, that was around 2010, 2011. And believe it or not, social media was just starting to be a thing that brands were recognizing could help them connect with customers. While I was doing that, I realized that this was just guessing. This was a whole bunch of guessing. And as as someone who was always type A, really big on academics, I felt I wanted to go back to school and get some grounds, some framework behind understanding marketing. And that's what ultimately led me to pursue my MBA at the University of Michigan. And you know, I thought it would be so smooth, right? I thought I would go to Michigan, <laughs> get some big fancy job and come out and all would be great. But what ended up happening is I graduated without a job. Um, I'd interned at Google between my first and second year, but did not get the offer. So that's not, you know, to brag. And I landed back in D.C. with my then boyfriend, now husband, with a true like midlife crisis going on. <laughs> like, What am I going to do with my life? And that is how I started side hustling. I started blogging again. I started investing in learning from online branding experts to truly understand how I could show up in the world and make a career for myself no matter which company accepted me or not.
1: Hmm. You guys know that I do not cut corners when it comes to things that will actually help me grow my business. And you know that I love to share what those things are. One of those things is QuickBooks. QuickBooks will save you time, money, and most of all headaches that you're dealing with when it comes to figuring out all of your finances. Whether it's managing payroll or making sure that your taxes are in order All of your financial management needs can be met with QuickBooks. Now I've been using QuickBooks for over two years, and I have to say that it makes all of that stuff that is not really my zone of genius, a breeze. You can save an average of $600 annually by paying your employees with QuickBooks payroll. Check it out today at intuit.me tip. That's I-N-T-U-I-T dot M-E slash T-I-P. Intuit.me slash TIP. So I am doing an in-person workshop in just a few weeks and I am pumped about it. Business Pro is an in person, yes, with me, focused workshop happening in Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday, November 2nd. Now, this day will be jam packed with content strategy and really getting you streamlined and up leveled with your business goals and directives. And you're not going to believe the amazing, successful, business minded women that I have presenting alongside me during the workshop. You can go over to julie slash bizpro to learn more about who's going to be there. Also, Do you work with your spouse or have a business partner that you just know has to be there? Well, I get that. I don't want them to miss out on everything that this incredible day has to offer. That is why I allow your spouse or business partner to join you during this in-person workshop for free. That is right. Their attendance is included in your enrollment. Now, we only have a few more seats available, and I do not want you to miss your spot. So go to juliesolomon.net slash bizpro to save your seat. Again, that's juliesolomon.net slash B-I-Z-P-R-O to save your seat. And so the idea of bringing that together when you were kind of diving into your own side hustle, what did you kind of start to notice happening around you with perhaps like other women who might've been doing the same thing? They just weren't really finding that flow. You know, what was interesting, Julie. I noticed that as I started
0: blogging, initially I started my blog because I wanted to impress employers. Yet again, I wanted to show them that I could analyze the topics going on in marketing and industry and these succinct blog posts that really hit on all these awesome insights. But then I started gravitating to stories of other women. And I particularly was interested in women side hustlers. It's like I was discovering this whole new world of people who thought like me and people who were multi-passionate and who wanted to explore these different things, but also needed an income. So they were doing all of their other passions on the side. And I was just so intrigued by how people were making it work, how they were even making money and ended up growing some of these side hustles into full-time careers. And so that's what I discovered.
1: Mm. And then was it around this time that you had the idea to create a podcast? Because I want to say that probably during this time, podcasting wasn't like how we know it to be now. Like it wasn't this thing that everybody was doing that was like the hot thing.
0: Exactly. And what's funny is, so I graduated from Michigan in May of 2015, and that was the first time I ever listened to a podcast. So now I had all this time on my hands and people were like, oh, you should listen to this and that. And so I started listening to podcasts as I was cooking, and I realized that, oh, these are kind of cool. I'm laughing. This is interesting. I can take them with me. So, as I was writing and conducting interviews and posting them on my blog, the idea of a podcast started to come up in my mind because as you can tell, when we're having a really great conversation, it's really hard to edit that down and no one is going to read, you know, five pages of an interview. So I really wasn't doing them justice. And that is when around the end of 2015, I really started thinking about the podcast and it would take me until June of 2016 to actually launch it.
1: Yes. And so with that, why did you think that podcasting would be the right source or the right place for your community?
0: I knew that podcasting was the most intimate medium out there and one of the ways one of the things that I wanted people to get from the interviews I was doing I wanted them to truly feel a connection and what better way to feel a connection than to hear someone in your ear I always say there're only so many people who know your voice, just from the minute you open your mouth, they're like, that's Nikaela. And so to have perfect strangers know your voice, that is something that's so intimate. It It's priceless really. And I knew that that would be the best format for something like this.
1: Mm. And what I love that you've really done is that you have been able to nurture and cultivate this wonderful niche of podcasting, not only for women, but to really highlight Incredible women of color. Um, you've talked to Malik. You've talked to Latham Thomas. You interviewed Chris, who actually did my website. I mean, just these incredible, incredible women with with all of these different walks of life who come together, and you don't see that much in the podcast space. I mean, predominantly it's ran by a lot of white men in a lot of ways. Yeah, and so I would love to know how has your community embraced this medium, and and how has that really allowed for you to kind of grow in that space and really be a voice for that?
0: Sure. Well, that was one of the primary reasons I started the podcast and started doing these interviews because as someone who was still unemployed, looking for a job and starting to feel like, you know what, maybe I will just do my own thing. I was also very intimidated by the whole entrepreneurship lane. I thought it was something that just wasn't for me. And when I really drilled down on why I felt these feelings, it was because I didn't see myself reflected in the narrative. Mm -hmm. If you look on the magazine covers, even if you looked at the top podcasts about entrepreneurship, there were never a lot of black women on these shows. So I said, you know what? I know these women are out there for sure. Someone will create this. No one did. So I decided to create it myself and start to show other people like what we're capable of, what we can do and what's possible for us. And you know, Black women have always embraced podcasts. I'm not the first podcast that has resonated with Black women podcasters. You know, i got to give a hat tip to The Reed and Crystal and Kid Fury. But this was the first one that was really focused on entrepreneurship and specifically side hustlers turned entrepreneurs.
1: Mm. And I loved what you just said about you had, you were kind of at the mindset where like, well, someone's going to create this and you kept waiting and you kept waiting. And you're like, okay, nobody is creating this. And so you did it yourself. And I think that that is, I mean, that's what entrepreneurship is really, you know, I mean, that's how it starts. Absolutely. Um, So I love that. And, you know, it blew up. I mean, you have one of you know, the biggest entrepreneurial-based podcast out there. It's amassed millions of downloads. It's been featured by a ton of outlets um, and highlighted by a ton of outlets. But I want to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, the journey getting there. I know that we've touched on a little bit, but kind of some of the challenges. And I know that you had said something to me prior to us chatting about um, the biggest challenge that you find a lot of entrepreneurs out there kind of facing and kind of sometimes when they hit that wall is they they're not properly able to manage themselves. And it was actually something that you said you had a hard time doing as well, really setting the structure. So walk me through a little bit about that and how you were able to find your footing when it came to managing yourself. Yes.
0: I struggled with this and it's something I've still really been working to master because there's two layers of it. So First, when you're a side hustler, you are juggling your full-time job and you're also juggling whatever whatever emotions you felt that day. So if you had a bad day at work, if you had a meeting that didn't quite go the way you did, and then you're coming home to side hustle, you have to really fight to not let that dictate the rest of your evening. So for me, I would record my podcast interviews after work. So imagine if I brought that energy into my interviews or I canceled them because I wasn't feeling great. That would make me look unprofessional. So very quickly, I had to start learning how to affirm myself, how to practice meditation, how to really set up my mornings well so that the rest of the day, no matter what happened, I could continue to push through. And it's not a perfect science. I wasn't always excellent at this, but one thing that did help me is kind of my my goal-getter action plan system that I developed. And I've shared this with people on my show as well, which was essentially, I just focus on getting things done in these 12-week sprints. So I break down my goals into really, really ridiculously small achievements that I can tick off in one hour a day when I was side hustling. So I would just focus on that one thing for that one hour a day so that I wouldn't beat myself up because you notice that you start to get more done when you're just focusing on one task per day for just one hour a day. And now that has served me well as a full-time entrepreneur where now I have all of this time on my hands. And if I'm not careful, I could just waste it all, but I still stick to that 12-week sprint process.
1: Oh, I love that. That is so cool. And thank you for walking us through that that process a little bit. I think that this community is always looking for a way to really own their time. So I think that that is something that is helpful. And it- Always staying on top of your game, being a student, being curious, learning new things is one of the key elements to growing any business. And it's one of the key elements that helped me grow mine to where it is today. With Skillshare, you can do just that. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. You can take classes in topics like graphic design, marketing, productivity, animation, creative writing, you name it. One of the classes that I find really interesting is the 10 day journaling challenge that's all about creative writing. It's going to allow you to dive in and really connect to your voice in a unique way so you can connect to your ideal customer. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a specific offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering the influencer podcast listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com, TIP. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash TIP to start your two months now. Skillshare.com slash TIP is something that is helpful. And it also makes me think when I hear you talking, there's so much passion and endurance and, um, you know, wanting, wanting to, to be the best version of yourself, wanting to really, you know, stretch yourself to these newfound places, really believing in yourself that you can achieve whatever you put your mind to. Where do you think that mindset comes from? And did you always have that mindset or was it something that you had to train yourself for? I love that question. I love that
0: because, okay, so looking back, I was always confident as a child and I really have to just give thanks to my parents for that. I always felt that I could accomplish things. I knew that I was smart, but it has shifted throughout the years because I feel that at every level, you encounter new doubts that you, there's just so much you can prepare for. And I had to work to push through those kind of doubts. A case in uh, an example of this would be, When I went to college, I really focused on communications and I kind of shied away from quant because somewhere along the line, I I realized I, I really don't want to go into finance or anything. So I'm just going to just focus on liberal arts that I love and so on and so forth. But then once I decided, hey, I actually want to be able to be in business for myself one day, I want to understand business concepts and be able to speak the language of business and I'm going back to get my MBA, I landed that first day of class at Michigan and I was intimidated. I was incredibly just faced with all these doubts that I hadn't faced in a long time because I went back seven years after graduating from undergrad. So I felt like an older student. And I also felt like, Oh man, I have, I have no idea what is going on. And so that was a new layer that I had to really work on myself and say, okay, you know what? All of us are here because we're smart and, I am capable of learning. Like nobody is born with this knowledge. Everybody just learns and studies and gets better. And so that's what I'm going to do. So it took a lot of journaling and speaking to myself. I speak to myself and I speak life into myself and I speak confidence into myself.
1: Mm, I love that. Thank you. I, love that. I speak life into myself. That's beautiful. Um, something else that you do really well is that you you're an educator, you're a content creator and you're a program product and course creator. You have quite a few programs um, that your community has been able to use to help them, whether that is with productivity and sim- and systems, which we talked about, um, your Instagram program, but the one that I think that sticks out the most. Um, just from your zone of genius with podcasting, is Podcast Moguls. So will you share a little bit with us about what Podcast Moguls is?
0: Sure. Excuse me.
1: So Podcast
0: Moguls is a podcast accelerator that I developed to help aspiring podcasters to learn how to launch, market, and scale their podcasts. I'm very... uh, It's very important to me that people understand that podcasting is not just about the mechanics of launching because once you've launched, there are so many podcasts out there. You really have to learn how to market it so that you can stand out and you can grow and achieve the goals that you want to achieve. So that program, um, if you go over to podcastmoguls.com, you can learn more about it. But I work intensively with my students. We meet live each and every week and we're coaching through challenges. We're talking through everything that from, you know, kinks and 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 challenges with podcasts uh, launching the podcast to actually finding out more about their target audience and shifting perspective on how they want to keep marketing.
1: Mm, I love that. And so when someone goes through it, is this something that, um, they are going, they can kind of download it's self-paced. They can go through it on their own. Is it something that you guide them through? How, how does the, um, the process work with the modules? Yes, so it's
0: a perfect combination in terms of when you join, you can, there is an on-demand course that you can go through self-paced, and I really recommend taking eight weeks to truly get through it at a reasonable pace. Mm -hmm. And then we also meet live, and then we also have a private community, which I'm extremely active in. So you have the ability to, to get my insight on everything weekly so it's not just oh i have to go through this by myself it's like you have me kind of handholding you through the process and you're we're always able to bounce ideas off of each other in that private community so i love the fact that there's the community aspect and of course i am it's important to me that I coach people through programs because I've gone and I've taken courses where I just wish I could have asked the creator one question, you know, Mm. I I watched, I watched a module and I want to say, oh, I have this question and there's no way to really connect with that person. So I wanted to make sure
1: that my students could do that with me. Amazing. And I'm sure the Facebook group, it helps tremendously with that as well. Oh yeah. So if someone wanted to check out Podcast Moguls and if there's someone who wants to start a podcast or just kind of refine maybe something that they've already started, um, where could they go for that?
0: I check out, go to podcastmoguls.com, and there you'll be able to join my next masterclass where I share how you can grow your first 1,000 downloads. So if that's what you are focused on doing, you can take the masterclass, which is completely free, and go from there. But if not, I also share uh, more about the program of Podcast Moguls itself during the masterclass. So feel free to go over podcastmoguls.com and learn
1: more about it. Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, And speaking of podcasts, I would love to know, what do you find, and maybe you see it through your students or your community, the biggest fear is for someone who they want to start a podcast, but they can't quite get over that hump of something. What do you see that tends to hold people back the most? The top two things that I see are really, one, getting out of their own
0: head. So there are a lot of excuses that we give ourselves and we pretend that they're legitimate things like, oh, I need the right equipment. I need to find a studio time somewhere. And I always just debunk that with the fact that I still record in my bedroom. So <laughs> you have that. You know, that's not necessary. A microphone and a laptop. Let's start there. And then I think the second thing that I see is people critiquing themselves and comparing themselves to other people. And look, I get it. Um, so when I finally did land a job after B-School, I, I landed a job at NPR, National Public Radio. My desk was around the corner from Guy Raz. So talk about imposter syndrome when it comes to uh, podcasting. However, if I was to compare myself to my NPR colleagues and expect myself to sound that way, I would have never gotten started. You have to focus on your voice, the fact that you have a message to put into the world and that you will grow and get better.
1: Hmm. I love that. And you had mentioned, uh, B-School. So you're, I'm sure a Marie Forleo fan.
0: I am, I am, but I was, I was referring to, um, business school where Michigan,
1: Actual yeah. business goal. I thought Actual you meant the business program school. business goal. Um, well, I would love to know who out there, whether it be, you know, just other entrepreneurs, other women that inspire you, who do you really love to follow? Who do you go to connect with when you're looking for new ideas, when you're looking for new inspiration? Where do you turn? Sure. So when I was starting out, I turned to so many
0: women. We are so awesome. We are so So intelligent. Some of the women that I initially uh, worked with and and invested in their programs were Maya Elias when I was building out the the blog and the online branding. Um, Amy Porterfield for online marketing, of course. I love um, Danielle Leslie, uh, who does Course From Scratch, who actually helped me to learn how to package my knowledge and put it out there in the world. So those are some of the women that I love to look to for inspiration about how to build your business while being your authentic self. I also, um, you know, love you and Jenna Kutcher and the fact that you're fellow podcasters and I I look to fellow podcasters to see, okay, um, you know, how can we continue to share ourselves with our audience while also promoting our podcast episodes and letting them know about new things that are going on without it being just a constant push of, you know, check out, listen, and all of that. And so I really get lots of creative ideas from that. And I encourage people to not be afraid to look at other people in your field and collaborate and, and, you know, respect and admire what they're doing. Because no matter what, like you can never, it's not about copying, it's about getting inspiration and making things in your own voice.
1: Mm. And where do you see podcasting as an industry or as a field? Where do you see it going in the next year? In the next year? Well, thank you for making it a year because (laughs) and I'm
0: like in the next six months, (laughs) right, 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 right. Because it's moving so quickly. It is. Let me clear my throat one more time. Try not to give you too much vocal fry. So in the next few years, or excuse me, in the next year, I think podcasting will continue to have more and more players jump into the fold. So I think we'll just see an explosion of shows and an explosion of partnership deals and content deals. I think we will see more podcasters moving into partnerships with, uh, TV studios, like the Netflixes and um, the, the Showtimes, because people are recognizing that this is organic content that is already proven, that already has an audience. Why not make this into a show instead of starting from scratch with an unproven concept, an unproven show idea and script? And now where it goes beyond that, I'm still waiting to see, Julie. I really think this has been one of the moments in my life where I've had to become uncomfortable with the unknown, because if I was to say, I need to know exactly where podcasting is going in order to do it, I would not be here. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is true.
1: Yeah. And I love what you said about, I mean, that's so smart about, you know, the Netflixes and the Hulus or whatever is of the world kind of coming on board and making it more interactive with the video component. I think that's really smart. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your experience and your encouragement with our amazing community. I can't wait for them to dive into more of what you do. So will you please share, obviously, if they don't know, where they can find Side Hustle Pro as well as Podcast Moguls and your other incredible work. Yes.
0: And first of all, thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Um, You guys, you can find me Across all of social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, especially at Side Hustle Pro, I'm the same name all across um, LinkedIn. I'm just Nikayla Matthews, and if you want to hear more about Side Hustle Pro episodes, head over to sidehustlepro.co.com, just co, and of course, Podcast Moguls is podcastmoguls.com.
1: Thank you so much. And just a reminder, everyone, if you want a free download to the transcript of this awesome conversation today, you can head on over to theinfluencerpodcast.com and snag that there. Thank you again so much. It was awesome to finally get to connect because I yes. feel like I keep seeing you everywhere and I was like, <laughs> I have to talk to her. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank was amazing. You, Julie. All righty, Take care. And so every time I speak, I'm selling, whether I'm selling a product on the end, like an actual thing, what I call a sharp sell, which is where you make an offer, or it's a soft sell, which is, it might be just a content upgrade, like a piece of content or, in, or what, what we call a no sell, which is just a classic keynote. But all throughout the presentation, there should be um, what I call infusion selling. And infusion selling is...